0: This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand on the air. Kia ora kua hui mai nei, o tato. My name is Peter Barron and I am the radio pharmacist and I'm here on OAR 105.4 FM every week. Over the next half hour we will talk about how and why and when to use medicines and other matters concerning your health. If you miss the show or wish to listen to today's show or previous shows, these are available on podcast. I'm always happy to talk about any specific issues or questions that you have, and you can contact me at the Radio Pharmacist on Facebook or on my website at radiopharmacist.co.nz. Norida, Nomai, Heidi Mai, and let's get started. And Kia Ora, koutou katoa and welcome to uh, our normal Tuesday lunchtime program with me, Peter Barron, the radio pharmacist. Here, as I said, every uh, every Tuesday uh, for about twenty five minutes, from twelve three to just before twelve thirty. <coughs> Excuse me. So um, it's a beautiful day outside it today as we wait for this forecast snow. Uh, to find its way to us. It's going to make for interesting next 24 hours, I imagine. Uh, I'm sure they will have it right. The, the weather map certainly didn't look very promising. So I thought go out to all the farmers, etc., the young lambs out there. Hopefully it'll just be short, sharp and, uh, and gone. So today I'm going to sort of do a follow-on from last week. We were talking about the role of uh, genetics in uh, some of the... Um, health issues relating to our, uh, our mental side. But first of all, a little bit of an update on on COVID. Um, clearly the, uh, the numbers seem to have stabilised. Life has returned for many of us to some type of normality. I still encourage people uh, to wear masks. They, uh, they're sensible. Um, I understand that some people don't want to wear them, but they are sensible in protecting yourself. One of the um, interesting and uh, perhaps concerning stats that came out from the Ministry of Health last week in terms of its analysis of um, COVID cases is that about, it seems like about a fifth of uh, the current COVID cases are actually reinfections. So the people that have already had COVID and they've got reinfected. And that uh, is of some concern uh, because what it indicates is that, um, well, there are the, there's a lack of resistance uh, in terms of the immune system. Um, we do know that, unfortunately, the, uh, the vaccines that we have at the moment uh, will reduce the severity of illness in most people, but they don't necessarily give uh, absolutely full protection. Um the other thing that is of concern is long COVID and uh, what's becoming clear and this increasing concern around the world as we start to analyse what's happened during the pandemic about this phenomenon of long COVID, which uh, undoubtedly is affecting a lot of people and it drags on for quite some time. Some people, uh, like with influenza, will get something that's relatively mild. Uh, seems innocuous, goes away, and doesn't come back. Other people have the lingering effects, and some of you probably remember. I think I've mentioned it before. My uh, my late colleague, Dr. Peter Snow um, from Tapanui, who was uh, famous, world famous for his diagnosis of what became known as Tapanui flu, which was uh, a lingering uh, side effect, a lingering virus. Which appeared to uh, appeared to be with flu-like symptoms, and that appears to be the same type of symptom that we get with uh, we get with COVID. Certainly, there are some significant um, long COVID effects in terms of people's taste and sense of smell, etc., um, which for some people takes a long, long time to come back. For other people, it doesn't come back at all. So, I mean, the clear message is that this is a this is a new virus. It's having it appears to be having um, effects on the body uh, much beyond the respiratory system, and it does unfortunately appear that um, the if you get a reinfection, then your vulnerability to long COVID goes up. So, if that's probably a really good case to make sure that you do keep up your uh, your boosters. If you're due for your boosters, then please go and have them. As we've said, the evidence seems to be very clear that the the risk of severe illness seems to decrease um, quite dramatically with people who are fully vaccinated and fully boosted. The other precautions, of course, if you're in an environment um, where there's likely to be COVID, so if you're in a close close environment, then do the sensible thing and wear a mask. If you don't want to then just remember that not only are you exposing yourself, but if you happen to have COVID, you could be exposing other people. The rules, uh, as I've said previously, have changed around self-isolation. If you return a positive uh, RAT test, rapid antigen test, then you're required to, uh, to isolate, self-isolate for seven days. The remainder of your household, um, as long as they're not symptomatic, do not need to self-isolate. But what they do need to do is they need to do a daily rapid antigen test, and if that, as long as that stays negative, then they're free to go about their. Well, uh, you're free to go about your normal life. So, uh, folks, let's move on. We we started to talk last week um, about uh, the in what I call MTHFR, uh, which is the enzyme, what's the gene and the enzyme that allows us as human beings to convert folic acid, which is vitamin B9, that we take in in our diet, and convert it into the activated form. Uh, without it being converted into the activated form, uh, then it simply is, doesn't work as effectively. But before we go on to talk some more about that, I thought uh, probably we were throwing around some terms last week in terms of genetics. So it's probably a useful idea to just give you, run through a couple of the, the, the common genetic terms that you, you may hear. Now, um, a very technical term, an LL, an A-double-L-E-L-E, um, there are two or more alternative forms of a given gene and they are connected with some trait or characteristic. So things like uh, whether you've got blue eyes or brown eyes, the colour of your hair will be related to uh, to the they allow the different forms of those genes. Amino acids are something that you will hear mentioned now. Amino acids are simply the building blocks of proteins. <clears throat> there are twenty different amino acids that are commonly used by cells to make proteins. So if you imagine your your cells as a house, then the amino acids are the blocks that um, that your that are used to build the proteins that make the walls of your of your house, if you like. Chromosomes, um, in the cell nucleus, our DNA um, is tightly packed with particular proteins into structures called chromosomes. So different organisms have a different number of chromosomes. In the normal human cell, we can contain two pairs of 23 chromosomes. And so that that packaging of the chromosomes enables this the... the organized assortment of genes into daughter cells upon cell division so it's a way of it's a way of actually controlling the process DNA is the repository of all genetic information in the cell and it's just a it's a long you've probably seen characterizations of it um, you've seen the double helix it's a um, it's a, what we call a nucleotide. It's got a deoxyribose, which is a sugar, and a phosphate group, and it has one of four different bases. So for those who are uh, scientifically inclined, you've got adenine, which is the A, you've got guanine, which is the G, you've got cysteine, which is C, or thymine, which is the T. So each DNA molecule consists of two strands in the shape of a double helix. An enzyme An enzyme is a protein produced by living cells that regulates the speed of chemical reactions that are involved in the metabolism of living organisms without being altered in the process. So it's also called a biological catalyst. It's the thing that controls the the rate at which our chemical reactions go by. A gene, as I mentioned before, this, this gene is the segment of DNA on a chromosome that contains the information necessary to make one protein. So the gene is the smallest indivisible unit of heredity. And the genetic code is the code of the information for the synthesis of proteins. So it lies within the sequencing of that gene. So if we, if we think about uh, mutations, et cetera, a genetic disease is one that is inherited and potentially transmitted through a faulty, faulty gene. And we're going to talk some more about that in terms of uh, mental health and mental illness. So you may hear me talk about the terms heterozygous and homozygous. So heterozygous is where the members of a pair of a pair of the LL pair are genetically different. Where homozygous is they're the same. So we get one gene from each parent. So if um, if we inherit, as we were talking in mental health last week and talking about this MTHFR mutation, we can inherit one gene from each parent. So if if the genes are different, then they're heterozygous. If they're the same, they're homozygous. A mutation, we've heard us talk about mutation, is the change in the DNA sequence caused by damage or by errors in cellular process. So when we talk about damage, it could be chemicals in our diet, it could be the preservatives we, we use, it could be the colouring agents that we have in food, um, it could be external forces like uh, radiation, so ultraviolet radiation, it could be radiation that we get from x-rays, etc., 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 or it simply could be an error in the cellular process. Now, if you imagine, as I've said previously, we've got billions and billions and billions of processes going on, and if I was to take a massive Lego, or in my day a Meccano, or a huge jigsaw puzzle, and throw it on the floor in a room, I'll guarantee that we wouldn't, if we each assembled it many times, we would come up with some differences, and that would be, in genetic terms, a mutation. So some mutations have no effect on the function of the genes. Others can have quite a dramatic effect. So a protein, which we've talked about, is they're the chains of linked units of amino acids. So all of those amino acids which we we use to build these proteins, they get linked together and they form a protein. Um, and then we, in terms of genetic analysis, we have what we call single nucleotide polymorphisms. These are what we call SNPs, SNPs, And they're the, the commonest and smallest form of genetic variability, where a single uh, nucleotide substitution occurs in a DNA sequence. So I mentioned before about the, those four components. If there's supposed to be an A <coughs> in the first position, and in actual fact, we ended up with a T in the first position. Then that is a that's a, a genetic vari- variability which is going to change the way in which that uh, that um, proteins form, in which that gene works. So, look, I hope that you that's given you a bit of an understanding. We can we can get some understanding of this by what we call uh, genetic testing or DNA testing, and that identifies changes. and We've been able to map these changes with the human genome product. So coming back, we can, we can think about DNA as the library that tells our cell factory how to make the proteins that are essential for our well-being. It's the proteins that do the work in the cells and ultimately dictate biological processes and cellular fates. So folks, let's go to a little bit of a promo here and uh, then we'll have some music and we'll be back to continue the show. Kia ora this is Peter Barron, the radio pharmacist. Make your vote count the selection by voting Peter Barron number one. Your city needs your help. Vote the radio pharmacist Peter Barron. Make the right choice for Dunedin City Council. Vote Peter Barron for experience, trust, integrity, honesty. Please vote the radio pharmacist Peter Barron number one. Kia ora and thank you. Authorized by Peter Barron, 247 Melvin Street, Dunedin. The Radio Pharmacist, sharing tips and practical advice on the management of a range of healthcare matters every Tuesday at noon on or FM Dunedin. Taking the time to explore some of the bigger issues around health and well-being in simple, easy language we can all understand. The Radio Pharmacist, bold, innovative, sometimes controversial, and not afraid to tell it as it is. Tune in Tuesdays at noon on 105.4 FM and 1575 AM or online at OAR. That's the Radio Pharmacist every week on Tuesdays at noon.
1: We've already said. You're into
0: Welcome back. You're back with Peter Barron, the Radio Pharmacist. here as normal on a Tuesday. Remember that if you uh, missed today's show or you want to uh, listen to what I've been talking about, you can do that by going to the podcast, which will be up shortly. You can find that at oar.oig.nz and simply click into the podcast link, type in Radio Pharmacist, and select the show that you want to listen to. Alternatively, you can go to my website, which is radiopharmacist.co.nz. And follow the same process so click on the podcast link uh, type in "radio pharmacist" when that comes up and select the show that you want to to listen to so folks we've been talking about genetic material and we've been particularly talking about its effect uh, in terms of this gene which uh, activates folic acid we take in our diet now that folic acid is uh, is very very important that it's activated because it's a it's involved in the the way in which we trans which we make what we call the neurotransmitters. Now they're the they're the way in which we send uh, signals down our nerves, and as I said, a neurotransmitter. So the neuron is the neuron, neuro is for the neuron. Sorry, and it transmits across the gap. So. They're chemical. Um, they're chemicals that, if you like, if you want to think in electrical terms, they're the switch. They're the thing that turns the switch on and off. Now, um, so folic acid uh, needs, when and like all of the B group vitamins, needs to be actually activated, and there's this gene and this this uh, this gene and the enzyme called MTHFR, which codes to make that change. And that happens in our liver, generally. We're just adding in chemical terms, we're adding a methyl group, so it's called methylation. But that doesn't happen. We've got some fail-safe mechanisms. But as I said last week, they're a little bit like if you're driving through the city, if you come through on the one-way street system, then that's probably going to be the fastest way to get from one side of the city to the other. If for some reason, the one-way street system is down to one lane or it's closed, then you have to take a detour and that's going to be less efficient, and it's going to be slower. And that's what actually happens with these MTHFR uh, variations. Now they're they're reasonably common. Um, some estimates up to 40% of the population may have a an MTHFR uh, mutation of some kind. It uh, generic it, it varies across ethnicity. Um, it's believed that about between six and 14% of Caucasians and about 2% of people of African descent. But in uh, people of uh, Hispanic descent, then it goes as high as 21%. And it really depends how the luck of the draw. If you just get the one inherited gene uh, from one parent, uh, as we said, that's going to make you heterozygous. If you get two of them, you get the bad lottery, then you're going to be homozygous. And that uh, I generally find, I mean, I can generally locate these things using... DNA testing, but my experience over a long time of doing this suggests that if people come to me and they've got a family history on both sides of the family of, um, of issues with anxiety, depression, not being able to sleep, ADHD, a whole range of things, then my first instinct is to actually sort of suggest that perhaps we, we get that gene looked at, or there are some other things, you can do some arbitrary type uh, changes in terms of giving people an activated uh, folic acid and some activated vitamin B12. And in some cases, that makes all the difference. I'm not suggesting that it's going to work for everybody, but I certainly have seen it work for some people. So carrying on, we were talking about, uh, for the last few minutes, let's just talk some more about the genetics that we were talking about. So as I said, we get um, 23 pairs of chromosomes uh, present in the nucleus of all the cells throughout our body. Each of us has a, uh, a unique variation of the, what we call the human genome. And that genome is effectively the genetic fingerprint of an organism. It's the entire DNA sequence for, for the organism, in this case for ourselves. And I mentioned the Human Genome Project, which is just a huge international collaboration in biology. And by now we've, we've sequenced something like 3 billion chemical coding units in human in human DNA. So in practice of medicine um in this day and age it's common for health practitioners to adopt a trial and error strategy until we find out something that works. But what I think we're heading towards is we're heading to what towards what we call personalized medicine. And that means that we're going to actually be able to perhaps take a look at some of our genetic profile, and then understand how particular treatments are going to work in our body. It's very clear, I know as a pharmacist, that we have some people who are fast metabolizers, some people who are slow metabolizers. Now that's going to be genetically predetermined. So the ones, this is where the one size doesn't fit all. So if you come in and you're given drug A and you happen to be a fast metabolizer, then you're not probably going to get the same effect as somebody who's a slow metabolizer. It may well be that you you have to increase that dosage of that medication in order to get the desired effect. The flip side of that coin is if you're a slow metabolizer, then you may need to decrease the that uh, that dosage because you don't want to uh, to get too much of that medication, and you could end up with an overdosage situation. So this is where this is where Genetics and genetic testing become very important. They're not something to be feared. I mean, clearly, um, there are perhaps some things that we don't want to know. We 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 don't perhaps we don't want to know what the future holds for us. But having said that, we shouldn't throw the baby out with the bathwater. There are some very useful techniques and some very useful tools that we have through our knowledge of genetics. So, folks, look. I hope that's um, I hope that's been helpful to you today. We're out of time, so thank you for listening, and uh, we look forward to talking to you again next week. Nordita, ten nakoto, ten nakoto, ten katoa. Well, folks, all good things must come to an end. And we are out of time for today. Thanks for listening, and I hope that you've found today's cordetal useful. If you have a question for me or a subject you would like me to discuss on the show, please message me on the Radio Pharmacist on Facebook or at my website at radiopharmacist.co.nz. If you missed today's show or previous shows, they are available on podcast at oar.org.nz. This is Peter Barron, the Radio Pharmacist, signing off. OAR 105.4 FM for today. So until next Tuesday at noon, Kakiti on All. This podcast was produced by OrfM Dunedin with support from New Zealand on the Air.